You should tell your story. You should tell the world about who you are. And don't worry about those people that say this is on Facebook. Do you wonder if LinkedIn could really work for your kind of business? Maybe you're already active on the platform, but struggle to see how you can use it to generate engagement sales for your business. In this podcast episode, you'll hear from four business owners who've built an engaged following on the platform. They have a variety of businesses, both product and service-based, and you'll hear from Faye Wallace, who's a career coach, Gus Bandle, a social media expert, Dara Ford, a tailor and designer, and Tox Coyle, who's a virtual assistant. You'll also hear from our room host, Ant McGinley, who's a podcasting expert and producer. By the way, Faye and Dara are current or former clients of mine, so you can imagine how proud it made me to be able to invite people I'd taught content strategy to to speak about content at one of my virtual events. You're listening to the Courageous Content Podcast. I'm Janet Murray, and I love helping coaches, creatives, and entrepreneurs create super engaging content that generates leads and sales for their businesses. No one starts a business and just knows how to create engaging content. It's a skill that has to be learned and practiced. And there's always something new to learn, no matter how long you've been in business. And I know running an online business can feel messy. Perfectionism, fear, self-doubt, and other mindset stuff can stop you showing up online in the way that's best for you. So you'll get help with that too. Ready to get courageous with your content? Let's get started. Let's start off in Surrey today. We're going to be hearing from Faye Wallace. She's a career coach, an outplacement specialist, and she's the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching. She helps her clients to have successful and fulfilling careers, and is the important bit, without having to work themselves into the ground. Thank you for that lovely introduction. And talking about LinkedIn growth, I thought, how am I going to fit this into five minutes? So I decided to look through all of my posts from the last couple of years and try and find what one key thing I could share with you. And I realized that the most successful posts I'd created all had one thing in common, and that is storytelling. And the reason that I think that these storytelling posts did so well is because people love a good story. (laughs) We've always loved stories right from the dawn of time when we were cavemen painting our stories on the sides of the cave wall or sitting around the fire together telling each other stories. But if you're thinking, well, that's all very well for you, Faye. (laughs) You might be able to tell stories, but I can't. I'm not a storyteller or I don't know how to write them. It's not going to work. Then I'm just going to very gently tell you that you're wrong. Because actually, we're all storytellers. You just might not have noticed it yet. If you think back to when you were little and you came home from school and told your parents all about the person who was sitting next to you, or perhaps recently, now that you're a grown-up, you found yourself going out for dinner or drinks with family and friends and telling them a story about work or your business, or perhaps you all laughed about a story about a crazy thing a celebrity's been up to. They are all examples of stories. The big trick to storytelling on LinkedIn is noticing there are stories all around us and just knowing that you can use them and draw on them for your posts. So to bring this all to life, I thought it would be helpful to tell you about three different kinds of storytelling posts that I've used that have all done well that you can use too. So the first one is the most easy one to use, and that's a client success story. 
So this is just an alternative to sharing a testimonial. You want to think about starting off with what the client's problem was, how you help them resolve it, and what the result is now. So as an example, a couple of months ago, I shared a story about my client, Gemma. She came to me for coaching because she wasn't sure whether to go ahead and leave her job and set up a nature tours business. But as a result of the coaching, she decided to go for it. So I wrote a post telling her story and about what a success her business had been. And I shared the link to people to book onto her tours if they wanted to. So that's the first kind of post. And I would say that's probably the easiest one. The second kind of post is to share a personal story that directly links in with what your client's problem might be, or that directly links in with whatever blog you're trying to share and get people to read, or whatever the podcast is you want them to listen to, or whatever the service is you want them to sign up to. Now, personal stories can feel the hardest because you're sharing something deeply personal sometimes about yourself. And it may be that you just want to use these sparingly. So for an example, this week, I shared a personal story. I wanted to encourage people to listen to my latest podcast episode that's all about supporting women returning to work after a career break or maternity leave. Now, that is something I can share my own experience of because I've been in that situation and I remember how tough it felt. It was a long time ago now. It was 15 years ago that I had my first baby. But I shared the story of my experience of returning to work. And I finished it off by saying, oh, I wish that there had been support and resources to support me. And then I linked in to the podcast episode. I also shared a photo of myself with my baby from all that time ago. (laughs) And that's another tip to say that often stories used in conjunction with powerful photos can really have a big impact. So moving on to the third and final kind of storytelling post that I'm going to talk to you about today. This is probably my favorite kind of storytelling post. It's the easiest one to do. It doesn't have to feel personal and it doesn't mean talking about your clients all the time. This is looking for examples of everyday life and thinking of how you can weave them into a story. So to give you an example, a couple of months ago, I had a podcast episode that was all about dealing with difficult people at work. And I just couldn't think about what to post. But I was out for lunch on holiday in Devon with my family, tucking into my delicious salad when a maggot started crawling across the lettuce. So I screamed, leapt up away from the table. I was very undignified, but almost straight away, I thought, I've got the story for my post. So I wrote the post like this. I said, as I was tucking into my crispy noodle and salmon salad, something suddenly moved, dot, dot, dot. And so it just built up that anticipation that made people want to click on the see more button, which then means that LinkedIn shows the post to more people. And I talked about the fact that I couldn't wait to eat that salad. It was really appetizing. But as soon as a maggot started crawling across it, I lost all my appetite. I didn't want to have anything to do with it anymore. And I tied that in by saying, that's how it can feel at work. You go from loving your job and you can't wait to be there every day to suddenly having to deal with a difficult person and the shine goes from your job and you find yourself not wanting to go anymore. So from that, I was able to link into my podcast episode and encouraged people to listen to that. So I hope that that really quick look at three different kinds of storytelling posts is helpful for you. And now we move to Coventry and Gus Bandal. He's a social media strategist 
for service-based business owners and helps you and them make the most of digital marketing to maximize their business growth. And he promises that he can help you really tell your story and not just do the boring sales stuff. So no pressure, Gus. No boring stuff. My name is Gus, and I like to think that I'm really good at LinkedIn. Now, when Janet sent me the presentation title, she said, how not to be boring on LinkedIn. I, I wrote loads of notes, and I realized that they were incredibly boring. However, that's kind of the point, because most people shy away from LinkedIn, and they kind of say, oh, you know, it's too businessy, and it's too much of a business-to-business platform, and I can't be myself, and all that kind of stuff. Well, you should. That's the most important thing. You should be yourself. As Faye's already talked about storytelling, you should tell your story. You should tell the world about who you are. And don't worry about those people that say, this is on Facebook. So when we talk about how not to be boring on LinkedIn, I always look at content pillars. So if you're going to get started on LinkedIn, or if you want to grow on LinkedIn, the main thing is think about your content pillars. I have two content pillars. Make people think, or make people laugh. Now, when I make people think, it shows authority. So I talk about you know, have you got LinkedIn dark mode yet? Or what do you think of creator mode? Or have you got link stickers on Instagram? Or, oh, look at Mark Zuckerberg changing the name of Facebook, the parent company, not the actual app. And you talk about that and it makes people think and it makes people think about social media, makes people think about what they're doing day to day, etc. But it also shows a little bit of authority from me because I know what I'm talking about when it comes to social media. Now, the other content pillar is make people laugh. Now, that's more of the ad hoc stuff. That's like, Hey, look, I just dropped pasta on my lap or, you know, I'm on Zoom and I'm not wearing any trousers. Don't ask me to stand up. And it's that kind of stuff, but it's the personable stuff. Now, make people think is the authority stuff. Make people laugh is the personality stuff. Now, think about all the people that you work with and all your clients, your suppliers, etc. I'm pretty sure that you've got to know them. And when you've got to know them, it means that over time, you've built trust with those people. Now, that's the whole point of telling stories on LinkedIn and obviously writing from the heart and telling people about who you are, etc. It's to get people to trust you. As the cliche goes, you know, people buy from people. And the reason we use that cliche is because you know, it's true. If we think about Richard Branson or Elon Musk or Bill Gates, etc., they're all the face of their business and they've all got more followers than the businesses that they own. LinkedIn is all about a long-term content marketing strategy. Now, I know that sounds really dull and really boring, but the main thing is you have to be consistent. You be regular, be consistent, tell people about what you're doing, whether you go networking or you took your dog for a walk or listen to the latest podcast. In between, where you're telling people, you know, you've got to sell, right? You've got to tell people what you do for a living. I do this, I sell this, here's my latest offer, here's my latest product, etc. And it's all a story that builds up about you based around those content pillars that make people get to know you, get to like you, and get to trust you. And that's the most important thing. The main thing is building trust with people. Now, as humans, we're very fickle and we're very selfish. So when you tell these stories, as Faye's already alluded to, you know, have a title, take the reader on a journey and all that kind of stuff. But get people to the end and get people to essentially have a call to action. Like you can either call me or you can DM me or you can go for a walk with me or come and look after my dog for me, you know, whatever it may be. Get people to trust you enough to want to get in touch with you. That's the important thing. And particularly on LinkedIn, most people post stuff and it's just, like a daily blog or like a diary. Make sure you have a call to action at the end. The important thing about being regular and consistent on LinkedIn is to make sure that you stay at the forefront of people's minds. I think the official stat is only, I think it's only 3% or 2% of the 800 million users on LinkedIn actually post on a consistent basis. I.e., when I say consistent, I'm talking about once a week. So if you start posting a minimum of once a week on LinkedIn, you're already better than 98% of other LinkedIn users. 
And the main thing is you stay at the forefront of the audience mind. So every time you're posting, whenever they're ready, they'll contact you as opposed to contact somebody else. I've just got a very small thing here, a bit of homework for you. If you're on LinkedIn, go and introduce yourself. I know you probably already do it. I know everybody on Instagram does it. Take a selfie, go put it on LinkedIn, write a few words. If anybody wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, go have a look. I've got an introductory post which basically says, look, I don't drink. I eat doner kebabs. I support Liverpool FC. You know, I've got an allergy and all this other kind of stuff. And then going into the, oh, by the way, I've got 25 years of marketing experience, etc. I added a selfie. It's one of my most popular posts every, um, anywhere. So the important thing is tell a story, tell the world who you are, tell the world what you do, and make sure there's a call to action at the end of it. Thank you very much, Gus. So let's move now further north from Coventry and Tox Coyle. She's a virtual assistant that provides uh, PA, admin, and techie services to creatives, coaches, and social enterprises. And she's worked in industries as varied as accountancy, security, and arts and culture. Hi, everyone. My name is Tox. I'm a virtual assistant. I've actually been on LinkedIn for a whole 10 years, I just realized, which is quite long. And I just joined mainly just to, because it's the done thing, it was like the start of my career and stuff. But yeah, like, but I only really started using it for business when I started my business five years ago. I'm going to say there is a lot of information out there about how to use LinkedIn. People do have different opinions of how to do things on it. So it can be a little bit overwhelming or you're not sure what advice to go for. So I think it's just important to learn things and then maybe try things out, see what works for you really. Because once you're really comfortable with a certain set of methods, then that'll be best for you. You should hopefully get results and being as authentic to yourself as possible. So I'd say with it's important to have a good headline, a good eye-catching headline. So don't just say like your job title or just your company because that doesn't really attract people much. And then especially if you just say CEO of whatever company, it's like, oh, what does that company do? So you just kind of put a bit of a line of like, um, you know, what you do do, basically. I'm going to say an example of what I do, actually, because um, I've actually got in my headline, admin causing you wahala. And I know that's not something that everyone knows what that means. It's like a Nigerian phrase. I know not everyone will know what it means, but people who do, it's like, oh, I like your headline. And then people who don't, they just ask, well, what does that mean? And it starts to get a conversation that helps you stand out. So yeah, that's just a, a something you can put a bit of your like personality culture in it and um, yeah, just help yourself to stand out basically. And then in terms of posts, so it's important to post consistently. It doesn't have to be every single day because that can be a bit overwhelming, but as much as possible is good anyway. If you can at least do a few times a week, I'll probably some of what I'm saying might overlap with what other people are saying. But yeah, storytelling is always a good way to sell yourself. Sales posts are important as well. Make sure you do them still because obviously you want to sell your business, sell what you do. You want people to know what you do. But then there's the whole thing about people want to buy from people as well. So if you can show a bit of your personality, show a bit of it about the person behind the business, things like that. Obviously, have your own comfort levels about what you're comfortable to share. But if you think, oh, people might resonate with the story, just share it, you know, because I mean, myself, myself, I've had a bit of a struggling career journey. So I've, I've told tidbits of that and other people have been like, oh, I really relate to that and whatnot. And, and then I like when other people like write their own stories like that. So it helps me think, oh, that's something I can really relate to. I like, I like reading their stuff. I can really resonate. So just things like that. And it just helps attract your tribe as well, because like they say, your vibe attracts your tribe. And then obviously your sales posts, post testimonials as well. So 
do screenshots of testimonials that you've received, just post pictures of them. So, you know, there's your social proof. And um, also, another good double post that I've done is um, basically, because with virtual assistants, not everyone really, even nowadays, not everyone knows what it is. I know it is getting a bit more popular. So, and then even then, there's a lot of us that do lots of different things as well. So, um, what I started doing like, last year was um, writing a weekly post about like um, basically what tasks I did for clients that week. So, say I might be doing something like, oh, I did writing up a newsletter for this client, I did some social media posts, I did a bit of email management. I just say this is what I did. And then that helps give people a picture about what sort of tasks I can do for them, really, what one VA can do for them. So, and that's actually helped me get work as well because I've had you know, incoming clients come to me and say, like, um, oh, I saw that you do this. Can you do this for me? So, yeah, I think that's a really good thing as well to do, especially if you are from a profession that people don't quite understand. So, yeah, that's my few tips there. And so we go back down to Surrey now for our final speaker of this session and Dara Stringham. Dara is a woman's bespoke tailor with an amazing motto there is no perfect size only the perfect fit. And uh, what I really like about her is initially, she was a LinkedIn refusenik, but she took advice from a woman called Janet Murray, embraced the platform in 2019, and has since been using LinkedIn to share her work and behind the scenes insights with great success. And she's about to launch her first ready-to-wear styles as well. Hi, everyone. It's really great to be here. And I'm probably the most surprised person to be a LinkedIn expert. I wouldn't call myself that at all. So I think I'm really here to share how imperfect action can also get you results. I don't follow an exact posting strategy. I'm quite organic in how I approach my social media, but I found it really fun. So obviously the topic today is LinkedIn, how to make LinkedIn not boring. And I think that was my biggest fear when I started using it. I thought LinkedIn is only business to business. It's only people who are looking for jobs or for recruiters. It's not going to work for me who has both a service, but also a product to sell. And having followed Janet's advice, I did give it a go and I found it to be really fun. So there's a couple of things that I love about LinkedIn. One is you can get stuck in and raise your profile without actually having to post anything yourself. So if you are a bit of an introvert and you don't know where to start, just start by commenting on other people's posts. Find the ones that you think are interesting and leave a comment. That shows up as your own activity. So it's a really easy way to get going without having to actually come up with some sort of content strategy in the initial stages. And you will learn. You'll learn from other people. You'll learn to see what makes me stop scrolling through. Why do I click on the read more? What was it that hooked me in? And those things are ideas that you can then copy for your own content. In terms of what works really well for me, because I do have a product and I have a lot of images I can share, showing behind the scenes processes always get really great engagement. So if I post a time lapse of me cutting out a garment or I show some small sewing process, that always makes people stop scrolling. They ask a question or they just say, wow, this is you know so different from everything else I'm seeing. It just made me stop. So it's a great way to get conversations going. They don't have to be perfect. But again, there's so much text-based content on LinkedIn that if you have a photo to share, again, it just grabs people's attention and then they will stop and read what you have to say. And you can then have it almost like a mini article. You can share a tip. You can share your process. 
And again, people will just start talking to you. In terms of sales, we can often say, oh, I don't want to be too salesy and I don't want to share my content and all of that. The point is, nobody likes to be sold to, but we all like to buy. And so LinkedIn is full of people. It's businesses, but it's mainly people. And if you have products or services and you share those, the right people will come across them, I think. And they'll just stop and think, oh yeah, I do have you know, my mom's birthday coming up and that would be perfect for her. So don't be afraid to share products if you have them. And I think also people are nosy. <laughs> so if you do share something about your personal life, what's been going on, people do like to jump in with a comment or share an experience that they had as well. So one of my recent posts was actually over the half-term holiday, I went away with my family and we stayed in an Airbnb. On the second day, we discovered that there were bed bugs. Yuck. So we had to pack up everything and get out of there as quickly as we could. And the point I was making with that, and it's, it ties in a little bit to what Faye was saying about telling a story, the customer service from the host was just dreadful. If he had been responsive, if he had cared, it could have turned a bad experience into a good one. And I could have shared about how great he was. Unfortunately, he wasn't. But it kind of allowed me to open up a conversation about customer service and how you can turn bad situations around. And it got loads of engagement. What does that have to do with tailoring? Nothing. But it does get me out there. It gets people to stop and talk to me. And then they might look at my profile and then look at some of the other things I've been posting. And maybe my final reason for loving LinkedIn is that it is actually crawled by Google and it helps improve your SEO. So I think I have found that ever since I started using LinkedIn more actively, my website hits have been going up as well. And I get more bookings for consultations and so on through my website. And I'm pretty sure it's linked to LinkedIn because if I post about tailoring and share my processes on LinkedIn, those keywords are being picked up and linked to my Google profile. And you can also cross share testimonials and so on. So it's just a really easy platform to learn. I find it easier than some of the other ones. Instagram is quite, you know, yes, you can use stories to be more ad hoc, but I think in terms of the grid, you just feel under pressure to always have that beautiful photography and that kind of thing. So LinkedIn is just easier in that way. If you don't feel like posting, just go hop on, comment on other people. It will still drive your own engagement up. How many times is the ideal to post on LinkedIn? And let's say per month. Oh, oh, interesting. I was going to say per week. I saw the comment about posting four times a day. Don't do that. That's ridiculous. You will never say four really engaging things in a day. And I'm not saying that you're boring. I'm just saying that's impossible to do that on LinkedIn. Even I can't do that. Um, <laughs> he says arrogantly. The, basically, I post three times a week on LinkedIn. I recommend don't post more than once a day and try not to post less than once a week. So as a minimum, once a week, as a maximum, once a day. That's my recommendation. But I personally do three times a week. I think that's brilliant advice from Gus. So the reason I love LinkedIn over other platforms, one of them is the fact that, as Gus mentioned, only about 2% of active users post consistently. So it means that your posts are much more likely to be seen than on the really busy platforms like Instagram. So I actually only post once a week, which feels really manageable for me. I know I can commit to that. There have been times when I've posted more, like if I've got a launch coming up, I might post then three times a week. But you find that your post hangs around in a way that it doesn't on the other platforms. So I posted on Monday, but I know that I will still be getting likes and comments on my post today, even though it's a few days later. And just a, a sort of almost a secondary question on that. 
what's the ratio of story to sales posts? So in those, those posts that you're putting up, how many of them are stories? How many of them are more sales-based? Let's put this one to Dara, actually, because I know you do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, so I don't really follow a formula, actually, but I think about one to five is a good ratio so that you're not selling in every post. Of course, if you have a launch coming up, or then you might increase that ratio. But I think you don't want to bore people by saying, buy now, buy now, buy now. But you can find different ways of getting them interested in your product. And you can engage them in helping you make decisions. And I think you all have examples of where Janet has done that, helping her choose the covers for her diaries and that kind of thing. I did the same when I was trying to choose colors for my scarves that I was printing and you know, just getting people interested that way. Right now with my ready-to-wear, again, I just shared behind the scenes what was going on, that I was visiting the factory, and it just gets people interested. And before I'd even said that they can buy this stuff, people were like, well, how do I get this? When can I buy it? And then you can go back in the comments and answer, and you can either give them a link to sign up to your newsletter, or if you have a link where they can buy something, then you can pop it in that way. So it happens quite organically, and that's the nice thing about LinkedIn. And that kind of combines with a question I was about to ask from Josephine, who says, how do you do sales posts? Because the story posts go a long way, but my sales posts don't get engagement. So I wonder if any of the speakers could give any tips for those sales posts to get more engagement. I can give a tip if you like. Mine is I don't do sales posts. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's very helpful or not. So instead, I'll try and draw someone into my email list and then sell to them through there instead. I have done a couple of sales posts, but even if I have got good engagement, I've got the engagement because I've made them story posts at the same time. And so normally what I'll do is, here's something free if you sign up to my email list and then I'm kind of nurturing them. I don't do a buy a career coaching session now, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm right. That's just because I haven't cracked some magic way of doing great sales posts. It might be that uh, Zara Toxel Gus have got a really great way of doing it. No. So I was going to completely agree with you, Faye, because that's exactly what the idea of LinkedIn is that you optimize your profile. So it tells the world what you do. So you don't really need to tell them again. Then you curate the audience that wants to listen to what you have to say. And remember, LinkedIn is the only place where you get to curate the perfect audience. And then you create content that they want to read. Now that content, technically everything's a sales post. When I say, hey, look at this testimonial somebody gave me, or hey, look at me going networking, or hey, look at me speaking at Janet Murray's event, you know, et cetera. It's all a sales post because you're always telling people that this is what I do. And it's all about building that trust as opposed to saying, hey, I'm a social media manager and I charge you 400 pound a month to, I don't know, write a few Facebook posts. It doesn't work like that because most people just switch off. What they want to know is who you are, what you're like, you know, building trust and all that kind of stuff. I've got something to add. Basically, it's still good to do the sales posts, even if they're not as engaging. I think the only reason for that is that you can't really have a conversation. Like someone just says, oh, this is my package for blah, 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 for pound, some, whatever pounds. You know, there's not really much people going to talk about that. They might like your post, but that's it. But it's, you still do them anyway, because people will still lurk and they'll still buy from you when they're ready. So it's always good to just give them that reminder of what you do. It's still just important to do both sorts of posts. Brilliant. Coral has asked, are there any resources you can recommend for getting into that frame of mind where you're thinking of stories because she has a mental block? And, uh, you know, the famous one is writer's block. Uh, we follow that thing where we just don't know what to say. Any tips that you would give on, on how to generate that? I think somebody mentioned in the comments about Robin Kennedy, kind of the, the advice, think about the least boring thing you did that day and write about it. <laughs> 
I love that. I imagine everybody here has got the Janet Murray content planner and that's full of stuff that you can post every day. What was that? You know, it's full of stuff and full of ideas that everything that you do from drinking, making a coffee in the morning, having breakfast, taking your kid to school, etc. It's all content because it's all personable, because it's all talking about what you do day to day. Everything is real life. And I've got a big note here that says resonate. So it's all about resonating with other people. So you can talk about vaccines or how much we hate Boris Johnson and all that kind of stuff. And those kind of stuff is contentious to the point was, do you like tea or coffee? Or how do you have your coffee and stuff? Now that's a little bit boring, but it's all about resonating with the audience. So technically everything around you is content. But if you ever get writer's block, you know, obviously there's the Janet Murray diary, have a look through, just think about what you've been doing over the past seven days or 14 days or whatever, et cetera. Think about your clients, think about your suppliers, think about what they're going through. There's just so much out there. Um, I'd, I totally agree with Gus. And I would also say, actually, if I'd had more than five minutes, I had a whole bit already scripted out about this, <laughs> which was to give yourself time off of work. Because to be creative, you have to give yourself free time. And that's something I really struggled with for my first few years of business because I was just pushing myself so hard. In fact, like I had to be at my desk all the time, work, 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 work. But actually what I found is all the best stories I've shared, I've thought about them when I've been on holiday or when I've been out walking the dog. It's got to be a time where you can just switch off from everything else. So actually some of my best ones have come when I've been cleaning the bathroom (laughs) and I'll make sure that I won't listen to a podcast. You have to just give yourself empty brain time. And then I make sure that I have the notes section of my phone with me and the minute something pops into my head I just quickly put it in the notes section because otherwise I forget it so that's how I do it yeah I might just share something quickly here as well so I was talking to Gus earlier because I used to do the the breakfast show in Coventry where Gus is and I learned very quickly that the demand and content was so great but if I stayed in the studio all day working on it and in the office it was always much harder one of the best shows I ever did came after I just went out for some lunch and walked into the brand new Ikea they built at the time right in the city centre. And I had done three days worth of material about the experience of going around Ikea and, and everything that generated the interactions I had with people. And it's just sometimes just that change of scenery and moving away from that block just really opens up some of the resources as well. Right, let's see. So there's a great one from Nicole. If I'm posting on LinkedIn, and the same content on Facebook or Instagram or on my website, will it work against each other? I've not really seen much advice against it, to be honest. I repurpose stuff. To be honest, I don't really post on my Facebook page that much anyway. I'll put the same thing in that, in LinkedIn, maybe a shortened version on Twitter. So even with um, Twitter anyway, there's a function on LinkedIn where you can write a post and it posts on Twitter at the same time. So I often do that as well. Although it won't actually put the whole thing, but it'll put a snippet and then link to your LinkedIn post. Yeah. What about you, Dara? Yeah, I tend to share things across different platforms. The only place where you might need to be careful is with blogs. So I know there was another question about sharing blogs on LinkedIn. I think it is best if you copy all the text and then share it as an article in its own right on LinkedIn. And I might be wrong on this, but I think it's best if you wait two weeks so that Google can kind of attribute it as your own content first and then realize that you're copying or resharing it rather on LinkedIn. So just leave a two-week delay and then you can do that. But I think I've seen other people very successfully share tweets. For example, they just screen grab them as images and then share those on Instagram. And then again on LinkedIn and add in text. 
So I think it's actually easier to reshare content and use it across different platforms. I think we just tend to make it more complicated than it has to be. So yes, I do share on all the different platforms and I haven't seen that it's negative in any way. I hope this episode has given you tons of ideas for using LinkedIn to promote your business. And just a reminder that you heard from Faye Wallace, who's a careers coach, Gus Bandle, a social media pro, Dara Stringham, who's a tailor and designer, and Tox Coyle, a virtual assistant. And of course, you heard from our room host, podcasting expert, Ant McGinley. I'm sure they would all love you to connect with them on LinkedIn if you enjoyed this episode. I'll put a link to their profiles in the show notes and my own because I'd love to hear from you on LinkedIn too. Would you like to create super engaging content about your business and do it consistently? If so, you need my Courageous Content Planner in your life. It's a gorgeous A4 desk diary that's so simple to use because it's based on my 4x4 strategy, which involves posting four styles of content four days a week. Yes, content planning really can be that easy. There's templates for daily, weekly, monthly, and annual planning, so you know exactly what to post, where and when, plus hundreds of ready-to-go content ideas and prompts. So you'll never run out of ideas for social media posts again. And accountability trackers to keep you consistent with your posting. The Courageous Content Planner is both practical and pretty, with four gorgeous cover designs to choose from. So if you want to ditch the content overwhelm and you want a simple content plan you can actually stick to, head over to CourageousContentPlanner.com to order your copy today. Thanks for listening to the Courageous Content Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share the episode on social media. That way, more people can benefit from the free tips and strategies I share. And be sure to tag me in when you do. I'm at Jan Murray on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. 